Awesome. I'm going to pray. Uh, just remember as well, tithes and offerings. We're a tithing church. We're, we're, and you can go above and beyond, give offerings, all sorts. You can, you can, you can bless and you can be blessed. Um, but we don't kind of pass a bucket around. We just, the boxes are there. The details are there. Amen. Awesome. Well, we thank you, Jesus, for your abundance, Lord, and you are, you're an abundant provider. And so, Father, we even just bless as, as people uh, commit to put you first in their t- finances, Lord. We thank you that you promise to, to care for us. You promise, promise to provide in abundance for us. So we bless you for that, Lord. And we just open up this time. Holy Spirit, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. We desire truth, Lord. It's why we're here. We're sitting under teaching, Lord. We're receiving from the Scriptures, Lord. But we just want to more than anything hear your voice, Holy Spirit. So we just pray not that you would speak, Lord, but that we would have ears to hear what you are saying and an open, soft heart to receive what you are saying. We love you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to grab a water. Played footy yesterday. It's good. That's not what I'm doing. Just got a bit of fluff on my shirt. I survived. I didn't get injured. Woohoo! I played one game this season, then I got injured, and so. But yep, we got absolutely slaughtered, which we knew we were playing the top team. But it was fun, so it was good. It has nothing to do with my sermon, but just thought it was important that you knew that piece of information, so you could be in prayer and intercession for me throughout the week. Uh, as I said before, encourage you to keep, and when it comes to ministry times as well, bring your kids forward. Um, don't, don't wait for the day when they're an adult for them to encounter the Holy Spirit, okay? Now's the best time because uh, they are often more open and awake uh, to the Holy Spirit. So yeah, yeah, boys, yeah, yeah, at the back there, yeah, yeah, That's, my sons are there, so Awesome. Open your Bibles, 3 John, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Amen. That's a good prayer. All things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. So the title of today's message, we've been through abundant provision, spiritual abundance, and this morning I'm talking to you about soul abundance. Amen? Soul abundance, that we would prosper in our soul. So uh, the simplest way that I like to express how people are formed and, uh, is that we are body, soul, and spirit. So we are first and foremost a spirit. That's what God uh, births in us. That's the uh, part that is uh, ultimately uh, eternal. That's the core of who we are as spirit. But we have a soul and we live in a body. Okay, so we are what we would call tripartite beings. Uh, Body, soul and spirit. Uh, Different theological streams might say that we are two parts, that soul and spirit are the same. I think there's enough in the scriptures that help to uh, kind of divide those things healthily that we could say they are, we are a three-part being. So we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. And the question might be then, well, what is the soul? 
And again, a simple illustration. You can go super complex with this sort of stuff. Uh, I like to keep it simple because at the end of the day, the way that I've seen Holy Spirit work, it seems to work in this framework uh, and you can work outside of all of those things. I don't know how deep we need to be with that. Uh, but I like to, and I think it's a good understanding of the soul being our mind, our will, and our emotions. So our mind, which is our thought life, our will, which is our desires, and our emotions, which are our, our feelings, what we feel. And as we spoke about last week, being spiritually abundant people, our personal spirit being awake, living in deep communion with Holy Spirit. But our soul is kind of the interface between our spirit and the outside world. So the soul plays a really, really important part. We can't just be spiritually abundant people and then disregard our soul and expect for that deep place of communion to flow out into the world in a healthy way. So if we have a healthy soul, then the flow from Holy Spirit into the world is healthy and clean and pure. If we have an unhealthy soul, then it can muddy the wellspring of life that God has designed to flow out of us. So when Jesus encounters the woman at the well, he says that, if you receive my water, then a wellspring of life would come flowing out of you. So God puts His Spirit in us, not to be contained, but to be released through us. God wants His Spirit released into the world. God wants His nature, His desires released into the world, and He chooses to use us. That's why He puts His Spirit in us. Not that we might just receive all the goodness of having the Holy Spirit in us, but that we might become conduits for the flow of God's purposes and plans into the earth through His people. Jesus demonstrated that very clearly. He then encouraged His disciples to walk in that same way. As we read about in Luke 10, Jesus sends out the disciples and they begin doing the same things that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit was upon them in the same way that it was upon Jesus. And they get excited like, wow, this is amazing. We're doing the same things that you did, Jesus. And that applies to us today as disciples of Jesus, that we would get to do the same things that Jesus did as His Holy Spirit is flowing through us. But if the interface is muddy, if the interface is unclear, it can taint the flow of the Holy Spirit as it moves through us. So we can be connected to the Holy Spirit. We can be desiring spiritual abundance, but we're not able to interact and receive from the Holy Spirit with clarity because it's being interpreted through the muddy waters of our soul. So spiritual abundance doesn't remove the necessity of having a healthy and abundant soul. You could be the most supernatural person, the most spiritual person, the most deeply connected to the Holy Spirit person. You could be like the most accurate prophetic person in the world. If you have an unhealthy soul, it's going to impact the flow of the Holy Spirit through you. You might be able to hide away and have great times on your own with Holy Spirit, but that's not what He desires most. He wants it to come out of you. And this can sometimes be an issue in particular for more prophetic people. So again, God, God desires us all to be prophetic and all to prophesy, the Apostle Paul says. But some people are more gifted in that prophetic uh, kind of gift set. 
So sometimes people, I guess they, they hear from God, but they interpret through their soul. It's like looking through a dirty windscreen on your car. You know, and you can't quite make out, you know there's some objects coming, but you can't quite make out what they are. Okay, that can be really dangerous because you could mow something or someone down if you're not careful. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That word pure also means clean or clear. So blessed are the clean hearted, blessed are the clear hearted, blessed are the pure hearted, for they shall see God. This is my encouragement for people who are more on the prophetic kind of end of the, of the spectrum, I guess. I always encourage them, do the heart work. See, the, the prophetic gift set is a, is, a, is a grace from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit graces you to be able to see and hear from Him in a particular way. That's His responsibility. Holy Spirit speaking is His responsibility. Holy Spirit gracing you to be able to hear what He's saying is His responsibility. Your responsibility is your own soul. We can all hear from God and we're all called to be prophetic. So it's important for us all to be intentionally creating a healthy environment within us. Amen. All right. So to have an abundant soul is to have an abundant thought life. So it's to have a thought life that is filled with all of the thoughts of God. That's what an abundant thought life, not that you have lots of thoughts, but you have really, really good thoughts and they're what God is thinking and He's sharing them with you. So your mind starts to be consumed with the things of God, not the concerns of the world, not your own selfish ambition, but His thoughts, what He's thinking about and He's sharing them with you and you get to ponder and think with God on those things. An abundant soul is to have abundant desires that you might be filled with the desires of God. So not just the thoughts of God, but the desires of God. That I get to live in alignment with what He desires. And again, not what I might desire, but what He might desire. An abundant soul is to have abundant emotions, even filled with all the emotions of God. God is not emotionless. God has emotions. Jesus had emotions. Jesus was sad. Jesus was angry. There were emotions that, that Jesus had and He was fully God. But the Lord has emotions. God can be jealous. So we understand that God is, has emotions too and we can receive and be filled with all the emotions of God. I mean, some of this is even the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. They're all kind of emotional engagements that we can walk in. But we need to have our soul positioned in a way that we can receive even what the Holy Spirit's wanting to release to us in that fruit. So it's really important that when we understand having an abundant soul is not about ignoring our bad thoughts or crushing our bad desires or stuffing down our negative emotions. It's not about having just this external appearance of being okay, or this external appearance of being righteous and good and healthy. Has anyone ever felt like maybe that's what they've done in their life? Yeah? Think, well, I've got a, I've, I've, I'm having a bad thought, I've got to ignore that. Or I'm, I'm, I've got this bad desire, I've got to crush that, you know, stuff down those emotions. But that's not what God desires. He doesn't want you to live just 
stuffing and crushing and shutting down your soul. God wants to transform your mind and your thought life. God wants to transform your desires. God wants to transform your emotions. God is in the transformation business. As we talk about around here, it's not behaviour modification, it's heart transformation or soul transformation. That's what God does. When you go from uh, on the sanctification journey, you're moving from being more like you to less like you and more like Jesus. Did I say? Less like you, more like Jesus. That's what happens when I don't write it down. That's the journey. You're being stripped away because you're being transformed into more of Jesus. That's, that's kind of one of the goals of our life is to become more like Him. And when I think about being intimate with the Holy Spirit, being intimate with God, knowing God intimately, I don't know if there's a more intimate way that you can know God than by becoming like Him. You can spend all the time you want with Him, but if you're not becoming like Him, you're not really developing intimacy with Him. You're not, because you're not necessarily becoming close, you're knowing more about Him, but you're not being consumed by Him. God wants to transform our mind, our will, and our emotions. So let's look at the mind for a bit and God's desire for our minds. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. The Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, that's Adelphoi in the Greek, brothers and sisters. I'm reading from the ESV, uh, which is an essentially literal translation, which then tends to, if the audience is male, it puts in a male reference, but it is meaning brothers and sisters. There you know. That's the reason why you find in some translations, why is it just talking about the men? Well, it's talking about the men because in the context of the audience, he was talking to men, okay? There you go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We worshipped God for 45 minutes just before, okay? If that's the end of your spiritual worship, your worship is lacking significantly. <laughs> what we do when we sing and we express, that's an expression of a life that has been laid down and presented to God as a spiritual act of worship. When we're singing, you can have it all. You can have it all. That is our act of worship. And, it's, and it continues on tomorrow morning when you wake up. Which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your Mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will or the desires of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it's interesting here, he talks about the mind and then he talks about the will or the desires of God. We often, I think we think of the will of God being the plan of God. But God's will, like our will, is our set of desires. So when we talk about the will of God, we're saying the desires of God. Not necessarily the prescripted plan of when and where and how things will happen, but God's saying, this is my desire. And as your mind is renewed, you're able to enter in and come into agreement with what my desires are for your life. But it's interesting that presentation comes before transformation. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's the first step. If you try to do mind renewal and transformation without the presentation of yourself before Him, again, you're going to find it really difficult because you're not fully yielded to the Lord. 
But when I fully yield to Him, when I present my body to Him, then I'm positioned to receive that transformative power of my mind being renewed or reformed or renovated by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So what does it mean to renew our minds? Well, we, we wash our minds. And we wash our minds with truth. It's in the same way, like how do you renew your clothing? You wash it. You put it through a wash cycle. You, you might wear it once or twice or three times, depending on, you know, what you like. Uh, you know, but, but all of a sudden then it becomes kind of less desirable, less good. It's, it's become dirty. And so the, the answer to that, to something that's dirty, is you give it a wash and it is all of a sudden renewed and you can kind of wear it again. It's the same thing with our minds. Our minds need to be renewed by the washing of the Word the Bible talks about. So truth, right and good understanding that we might be washed, that our minds would be renewed because they're being cleaned and they're being washed. And we do that by what we focus our attention on. And I'm going to get to the, some answers to these things. But essentially, that's what it means to have our minds renewed, is to have our minds washed clean from the defilement, things that we've seen, things that we've heard, things that we've engaged with, when I when I've spoken to my kids about, you know, watching movies and different things like that, like we're pretty strict with what we allow them to watch. And one of the reasons is, I'm sure there's a day where they'll get to an age and they can decide, you know, what's good for me. But the principle behind why, why we limit what they watch is because as I explained to my kids, when you see something once, then you've seen it forever. You watch that, you know, that movie that's got that scary moment about that thing that happens. Who knows, like kids tormented in your childhood because you watch that one movie. Then every time you walk into the, you know, to the bathroom, there's a, you know, a boogeyman on the toilet or something like that, you know. Yeah, what is it? I can't hear. E.T. E. That was Lisa's one, apparently. E.T. freaked her out. <laughs> there you go. See? E.T. A cute, friendly little alien tormented her childhood. But that's the thing. So you, when, you, when you open your mind to receive something, it, that embeds itself in your mind and then it's there forever. You can't get rid of it, but it needs so you, unless your mind is washed and renewed by the Holy Spirit. All right, so that is our mind and our will or our desires. Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now we can approach this scripture to say, okay, so I, I, I want God to give me what I desire. What do I need to do? Okay, I'll delight myself in the Lord. That's one way you could look at that. I have desires in my heart. I want God to give them to me. So, okay, I know the path I'll delight in Him. Another way to look at it is to say, if I delight myself in the Lord, then He will put His desires in my heart. So obviously it means just delight in Him. Find enjoyment in God. You want your desires to shift, find enjoyment in Him, delight in Him. Thankfulness is a really great pathway to that. Thank you, Jesus, that what you've done. Thank you for, I mean, we shared in communion. Thank you for the cross, Lord. But just thank you for, for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of friendship or family, whatever it might be. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. Be in thankfulness creates delight in our hearts. But this word delight in the Hebrew is ornag, and it actually means to be soft or pliable. It can take on a more effeminate or luxurious kind of sense to the word delicateness. 
but to be soft or pliable, I, I, I thought I found that very interesting. So essentially, is to delight in the Lord is to make yourself soft and pliable before Him. To make yourself moldable before the Lord. And when we're moldable before God, then He can shape our desires, He can shape our soul, He can shape our heart into the form that He wants. It's like the the clay on the potter's wheel is in full submission to the hands of the potter. When we make ourselves soft and pliable before the Lord, He then can shape our desires. God will give you what you desire, but what He gives you is what He desires. When you delight yourself in the Lord, when you find delight in Him, when you make yourself moldable and pliable and shapeable before Him, then He starts to transform and shape your desires. He puts His desires in us that we might desire what He desires. And I wanna desire what the Lord desires. Do you wanna desire what the Lord desires? Yeah, I, 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 I find it really difficult having my own desires because they're usually insatiable. They're usually never really fulfilled and satisfied. If I'm desiring material things, then it's you get one thing and then you want more things. But when I have the desires of the Lord and I pursue His desires, then there's a satisfaction that comes with it because I'm satisfied in Him and by Him. Amen? You're very quiet this morning. And our emotions. Emotions are a signpost that can point us in the right direction or in the wrong direction, depending on where the emotion is coming from. But emotions are a signpost, they're not the destination. So if to say I get angry about something, that's not my destination. That's not the truth. Whatever that emotion is just a signpost that's pointing to something else that's going on within me. So if I understand I'm angry, that's a sign pointing to something. It's pointing to something deeper within me. So the question I ask is, why am I angry? That's gonna help me to head towards the destination that God wants me to be in. I can be angry because it's righteous anger because of, of truth. I can be angry, angry because of unrighteousness that's bound and found in a lie. But if I just sit in the place of the emotion and, and consider that to be truth, I'm gonna get lost. Now, really, really important. Emotion should not be ignored, but emotions should not be made Lord. Emotions are not be ignored, to be ignored, but they're also not to be made Lord. That's, you can rem- that's a help to remember, okay? So it's important that you don't ignore an emotional reaction to something. And again, I think in the church, um, even when it comes to you know, spirit, soul, body, it, it kind of feels like in, 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 in our culture, in Western culture, uh, the mind is, is elevated, certainly much higher than desires and much higher than emotions. Um, and we'll go on, okay, whatever I think is, is more important or, or more accurate or something like that. The reality is we can be deceived in our minds as much as we can be deceived in our emotions and in our desires. But it kind of feels like, yes, just renew your mind, shut down your desires and ignore your emotions. 
Yeah, has anyone had that kind of sense of experience? Um, if, if parents could, with their kids, just be mindful of them, I can handle the distraction, but if your kids are racing around a lot, it might just distract other people. So just help us all out. Thank you. <clears throat> so don't ignore an emotional reaction to something, but also be willing to submit it to the process of truth-seeking. So don't ignore it, but present it before the Lord to say, I'm not going to say this is absolutely true, this emotional reaction I'm having. I know for me, I've been deceived plenty of times by my emotions. But if I ignored them, I wouldn't get to what is the truth beneath them. So just say, I have an emotional reaction to a situation. It may not be true. So I submit it to the truth. And that's, first and foremost, I submitted to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm feeling this way. I'm not going to say it's absolutely true, so I submit it to you. I submit it to the Scriptures, okay? I'm, I'm feeling like I'm abandoned. No one loves me, no one cares for me. I'm having this emotional response, okay? That may be true. It may not be true. So I'm not going to put attached truth immediately to my emotions because I feel that way doesn't mean that is reality. So I submitted to Holy Spirit. I submitted to the Scriptures. Well, is that true scripturally, Lord? That I'm abandoned, that I'm alone, that I'm not loved, that I've been rejected? Then I might submit it to and share it with somebody who I know will speak truth to me and correct it and speak into that place. They'll hear my emotions. They'll hear what I'm saying and what I'm expressing, but then they'll be able to, okay, let's go, let's ask some more questions about what is going on here. So if that emotion is revealed to be not true, then it reveals there's a lie that you're believing beneath that emotion. So I believe that I'm abandoned, but the truth is I'm not abandoned. So I'm believing a lie that I'm abandoned. So then that lie underneath needs to be transformed. I need to repent for believing that lie in order that I can believe the truth, that God never leaves me or forsakes me. That actually even the situation where I felt like I was rejected, as I've gone even to the person that I felt like rejected me and they say, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. That's not the desire of my heart. Man, there's been times where like this has happened. I know even people sometimes it's like, uh, <laughs> can I share the story, Mitch, about messages that we've sent with each other? Just the good ones. We had this time and... and so Mitch had, had like sent me a message uh, just about catching up or something. He's like, yeah, you want to catch up? And so I messaged back, yeah, sure, sounds great. Then I, it let me know when works. Then I don't hear back from him. Oh, that's a bit weird. Uh, and then like maybe a week later, he's like, hey, hey, do you want to catch up? I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I, I do. And, I, like, and, I'm, and I'm messaging him back. And then, and then eventually, I don't know if he got a we called or something like that. And he's like, he's like, dude, what's going on? Like, I keep messaging you about catching up and you're not responding to me. And so he's kind of feeling a bit hurt by that. He's like, well, what you receiving? And I'm like, dude, I, I did, I messaged you back both times. I'm a little bit frustrated. You keep asking me to hang out and I make a plan and then you don't answer me, you know? And so working, it's like, what is going on here? Something must be, and like, I take a screenshot of the messages and, and it goes back. And so I'm like, check your phone to make sure you haven't blocked me. And he looks through and somehow 
without any knowledge, he, he had blocked my number on his phone. So he's messaging me, he can't receive back. It's causing all of this kind of chaos and disconnection. And if it hadn't been for the phone call, like who knows, like where, I mean, I'm sure wouldn't have, we would have spoken eventually, but it's like little things like that. And you start to create this thing of what is going on and why, like, how can you not? And you're treating me this way and it's all just miscommunication. There's a blockage somewhere in that process. But if you don't then present that and seek truth in that situation, again, how many times in relationships, relationships get torn apart, whole frameworks of belief systems get built around an individual because you know, that one time when they said that thing and that's what they meant, it might not have been what they said, but I know what they meant. Yes, of course you do. Um, and then it, it goes into all this kind of chaos. And then finally you have this conversation about it. And it's like, that's not what I said at all. Oh no, that's not what I meant. And it could have been resolved so much sooner. So if a lie gets revealed, then we get to start the journey with Holy Spirit of finding out why we reacted to that situation with that particular emotion. This is what prayer ministry is great for. Getting to the root. So you've got a fruit of bad emotions, negative emotions. There's a root that that is drawing nutrients from. I've told this story many times before, so I apologise for those who've heard it, but it's, it's my road rage story. <sighs> this is one I shouldn't, I shouldn't be telling people at least. Yeah, okay. So again, driving home one day and, uh, and I was running late. Someone was coming, I was selling a boat, like a tin, uh, tinny little boat, and uh, I had Noah in the car with me and I was running late, got to a set of traffic lights. There was roadworks on the left-hand side in the turning lane, and the, so the light to turn was green, but the light going forward was red. There was a couple of cars banked up and there was a car two in front of me that had plenty of space to, to squeeze through the thing and, and drive around the corner. Plenty of space, okay? So you don't have to be a like physicist or something to figure out here, plenty of space. But in his or her mind, they felt like, no, they were driving a semi-trailer, not a hatchback, and so they couldn't move forward. So I'm sitting there, a couple of cars behind, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm just, gonna get, I'm just a generous guy. I'm just going to lend some courage to this person and just be like, hey, I believe in you. You're awesome. You're amazing. You can do this. I know you can. And so I tooted my horn just to let them know, hey, bless you, word of encouragement, you can do it. You're a powerful person. And uh, so I beat my horn and there was a road worker guy standing in front of my car and he turns to me and said, Oi, stop it, you know, tells me off. So I, you know, you know, was, okay, I just relaxed, calmed down and uh, forward uh, light goes green, we drive off around the corner. So within, a, you know, half a minute, I'm, I'm replaying the story in my mind. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what could I have done differently in that situation? Now, you might be saying, well, you could have not beeped your horn. I wasn't thinking that because I felt like I was, I was righteously justified in, in, in what I did. Uh, so I'm thinking about what could I have done in reaction to this man who told me off? So I thought, you know, I, he was standing right at the front of my car. I should have just slammed my hand on the horn and just held it on there. Man, he would have been sitting there, it would have been really loud for him and I just would have looked straight and just, and, uh, and I catch myself thinking, that's silly, what am I thinking that for? And then um, I'm thinking about like, so it stops 30 seconds later, I'm replaying it again. 
And uh, I'm thinking like, what if I like just like had like a baseball bat in the, in the boot of my car? And I could, you know, I, I wouldn't do anything with it, but I could just, you know, kind of pull it out and just be like, sorry, did you, did you say something? You want to play ball? Is that what you said? Uh, and then I'm, I'm, okay, no, this is not, what am I thinking about? And then 30 seconds later, I'm, I catch myself thinking, imagine if I had a gun. And I'll just have it, you know, like tucked in the front and I'll just lift up my shirt and say, sorry, did you say something to me? You're talking to me, you know? And again, I catch myself thinking, what is going on? I've gone from like just giving a, a, you know, a gentle encouragement to someone to being like a homicidal maniac. I'm fantasizing about what's going on. And, but think, again, I catch it and I'm like, what is going on here, Lord? And I feel like God speaks to me and says, that man embarrassed you. I'm like, yeah, he did embarrass me. Because I wasn't thinking, I was in a rush. I was being probably arrogant, self-seeking and just, you know, beeping my horn out of frustration. And he pointed that out to me, essentially. And then I'm like, so I was, I was embarrassed. And why was I embarrassed? And, so, and I felt like God said, because you're a bit insecure. There's some insecurity in your heart. I'm like, wow. I could have played that scenario over several times. And eventually I would have felt kind of satisfied that, you know, I'd, I'd dealt with this person in my kind of imagination in some ways. But really the reality was I was in the wrong. I was frustrated and impatient and I acted out of that. I was called out on it. And my reaction, my emotional reaction was I got embarrassed. But if I played out that fantasy in my mind, it would have covered up the fact that I was embarrassed and it would have covered up the fact that there was some insecurity in my heart. So this is the point. When we have that reaction, it's about going, what's, what's the deeper action that's going on inside of me that's causing me to behave this way? Emotions can be your friend, but they, they're not your God. This is, you know, we, we hear this language a lot of being triggered. Okay, it's a very normal kind of cultural language in our day. So my perspective on people getting triggered is it's, it's not my responsibility to not trigger people. It's their responsibility to unload the gun. If you're walking around with all of these issues in your life that cause you to be triggered by every single thing that other people do, the responsibility has to be on your end to do the healing journey, not on other people's end to make space for your brokenness. Now, as someone, if I'm in a relationship with someone and they say to me, Brad, when you do this or when you say this, it, it triggers some trauma in my life. It upsets me. I, I find it difficult. I'm taking responsibility for my wounding. I'm on a journey of healing. But would you help me by not doing those sorts of things? I'm like, absolutely. I would love to do that. You're taking responsibility and I can be conscious of you on your journey and I can make space for you in our relationship. That to me is totally cool, totally fine. But if I have to then now take responsibility for somebody else's things that they should be taking responsibility, it just doesn't work in society. This is what council culture is all about. It's like, stop doing things that upset me. I'm like, how about you take responsibility for your brokenness? On the journey, that's fine to say, hey, can we, can we give some space here? But really, if, if that was the case, I would have nothing to say up here. Because inevitably, 
the truth is going to trigger the lies that you believe. The truth is going to trigger you. So rather than me not, you know, trying really hard to be nice and gentle and, and, and not trigger anyone, how about you just disarm yourself? And there's, we have all the tools you need to get on that journey. I won't take the blame when someone else is not willing to disarm themselves. You might need to bring that into some of your relationships where you take the blame because someone else has been triggered, but it's their wounding. If they're not willing to take responsibility, then I don't think you should be taking responsibility for them. That's all I'm saying. I hope this is not triggering anyone. Blame is not your friend. Blame will keep you trapped. So a transformed mind, transformed desires, and transformed emotions need to partner together to see truth revealed. You can think the right things, but you can have the wrong desires. You can feel the right thing, but your mind is telling you a lie. You can have all the right desires, but your emotions can overwhelm you, and then you never end up accomplishing what you want to see happen. Oftentimes, this is the case. It's called, in prayer ministry language, a double bind. Where you have, it's like, I, I, this is what I know is right, or this is what I know that I want to do. But I've already made a determination in my heart that I'm not going to do those things. So then I'm trapped. And how frustrating is this? Like, no, I know that's right. And I know that's what I want to do. This is the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans. And he's like, the things I, I want to do, I end up not doing. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Who can save me from this body of death? Jesus can. That's not a, that's not a oh, you know, what am I going to do? That's who can rescue me? Jesus can rescue you. And again, prayer ministry is a facilitated encounter with Jesus. That's all it is. He can heal that wound. He can set you free from that place of bondage. He absolutely can. I've seen it time and time again. But we need to have mind, will and emotions partnering together. Okay, Not letting our emotions run ahead of us. Not letting our desire sets take control. Not letting our intellectualism shut down all of those other things that are happening in our heart. All right, so how do, how do we create an abundant soul? Number one, healthy soil creates a healthy soul. What you consume will feed your soul. What you put in will go into the ground and will, that's where the nutrients of your soul will be drawn up. If you're constantly filling yourself with negativity and unhealthy things of what you're seeing, what you're listening to, it's going to produce that sort of stuff in your soul. And sometimes we get so deep into that that we don't even actually recognise what is healthy and what is unhealthy. I've seen it before and I'm like, if when I'm in a good place in my soul, when I'm in a good place, intimately journeying with Holy Spirit, something will come up to watch and I'll be like, oh, that's, I don't, don't know. I'm talking it's like sinful or bad. You just know that's going to disrupt the peace in my soul. That's going to put something into the soil in my heart that's not going to produce anything good. So I'm just not going to engage with that sort of stuff. But again, if you're really deeply embedded, I understand that it's hard, but you've got to find something to break that habit. Second one is delight yourself in the Lord. Find delight in Him and position yourself in pliability before Him. 
If you're coming to God with your desires, that's one thing. I encourage you to go to God for His desires. There's a big difference. Here's, here's my desires. Here's my shopping list, God, that I want you to tick off and give me all of these things. Rather than, Lord, what do you desire? Could, would you give me that desire? Would you give me the desires of your heart? Number three is immerse yourself in His truth. Immerse yourself in His truth. And you can, you, this can come from reading Scripture, can come from listening to podcasts with people that are preaching from the Scriptures, come from worship, that is worship, full songs based on scriptural truth, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you're like, it's, it's just putting yourself in that position where you're being washed by the Word. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God. Now again, that means the Scriptures, it means the prophetic Word, whatever God is speaking to you, whatever He's saying to you, that is truthful, that's the sort of stuff which starts to build healthy soul life. Number four is invite the accountability of trustworthy truth tellers into your life. Invite that into your life. Get into a DNA group where you're going to be confronted in some of these areas. Because inevitably, I hate to break it to you, you are believing lies. Surely not. No, who we all are. That's what repentance is, is moving from believing lies or untruths to believing the truth. We're all on the journey of sanctification. We're all being transformed. So inevitably, there'll be beliefs that you have in your heart that aren't truthful. If they're not truth, they are lies. I'm not saying you should start to freak out because the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth, is living in you. He knows all of the thoughts and desires of your heart, okay? but He wants to reveal them to you. But if we are deceived, it's very hard. If you've chosen to believe a lie, it's very hard to then just choose to believe the opposite of that. So you'll probably need other people to point out and say, hey, you know what? That sounds like a lie. This is what I know the truth to be from Scripture, from experience, whatever it is. We need to do a journey here. I would rather deal with the pain of hearing the truth than suffer the consequences of living in deception. Truth can be hard to hear. Absolutely, it can be hard to hear. But you've just got to ask the question, when someone speaks truth to me, my first point of call is, is that true? Not do I like it? Not does it make me feel good? Not does it make me peaceful and joyful? Oh, what a delight that I've heard truth. No, it's piercing and it's hard. It might be embarrassing. It might expose shame. It might be really, really difficult. You look back at how long have I believe, been believing that lie and all the impact of my life. Oh my goodness. But is it true? Yes, it is. Thank you, Jesus, that truth has come. And I can land on it. And I thank you, Jesus, that there's a way forward. There's a healing pathway out of that. But I'd rather that than just live in deception. What, what, what joy and fruitfulness is there in that? I've had plenty of times of hearing truth I didn't want to hear. Yeah. I was telling the story. I know I've told this story before plenty of times, but I was sharing with someone the other day about when, when we first planted the church and I had this baptism of the Holy Spirit kind of experience, um, but I was lamenting at a, at a midweek meeting and saying, um, I was like, 
people weren't on board with the mission and what God's doing. And because you're like, this is so true. This is so amazing. This is so awesome. Why aren't people getting on board? And I said the words, what's wrong with people? And uh, and, uh, a dear friend of mine uh, who was there at the time said, maybe you're the problem. (laughs) We don't need to name them. Now, again, is that what I wanted to hear? What I wanted to hear is, yeah, Brad, you got the vision. You've heard from the Lord. You're on the right path. I agree. What is wrong with people? Hey, we're here with you and God's got a good plan and good things are going to happen. That's what I wanted to hear. But what I received, rather than somebody kind of fluffing me up and making me feel good, I heard the truth. And I was the problem because I had all the right ideas but I was lacking the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, empowering those ideas, the grace to actually see those things come about. And I'm so thankful that God graced me with the humility to say, not to say, who the hell are you? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm the senior pastor of this church and how dare you speak to me that way? And instead I said, tell me more. And they prayed and I received because what happens when you step into humility the grace of God is released. God opposes the proud, He gives grace to the humble. And that was one of the most significant and transformative moments in my entire life. This church would not be where it is today, would not be the amazing community that it is, I believe, without that moment that somebody spoke truth and also that moment that I was in a position to receive it. That's how much your life can change. But if you don't have truth tellers around you, you're going to struggle because you're going to stay living in deception and it's no good for you. Number five is get on the heart journey. Sign up for journey of the heart. It's there, we're providing it for you. The more we learn our internal world and God's design for our internal world, the better we become at navigating life with God. We have to learn ourselves. We have to invite the Holy Spirit. Hey, can we do some investigation here? It's what King David prayed. Lord, search me, God, and know my heart. Search me, Lord, and know my heart. Reveal any wicked way within me. Now, if he knew all of the wicked ways within him, he wouldn't be asking God to search him. So King David is assuming there's stuff in my heart that I'm not even aware of. You're aware of. Come, I invite you in. Would you bring revelation to me so we can partner together to step into truth and healing and breakthrough? Amen? Amen. All right, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna let Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Is that okay? Awesome. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you, Lord. We just invite you to speak. We invite you to move, Holy Spirit. Even if, if you just desire Him to move, why don't you just invite Him yourself? Just say, I, 
I invite you to move Holy Spirit. I invite you to share truth with me. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to confront any lies that I'm believing. Maybe you'll acknowledge, I'm, I'm afraid, Holy Spirit. I'm afraid sometimes of the truth. But Lord, would you give me the boldness, the courage, the trust in you that you will lead me through. That lies are bondage, truth is freedom. We thank you for revelation coming. Even now, Holy Spirit, you're just revealing things to our heart. You're revealing things in our emotions. You're stirring things up, Lord. You're bringing even memories back to our minds. And Lord, I want to begin just by praying for for people's minds this morning. Father, I want to pray for those who, you know, maybe you have like tormenting thoughts. Maybe images that you find coming to your mind, even showing up in your dreams. And you know they're not from the Lord. They know, you know they're not His desire for your thought life. But you find yourself just consumed by unhealthy thoughts, by tormenting thoughts. Maybe in your mind you feel like there can be times of just confusion or chaos. And I feel like the Lord wants to deal with confusion and chaos and tormenting thoughts this morning. If that's you, why don't you come forward and our ministry team is just going to pray. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to set you free from tormenting thoughts, to set you free from confusion and chaos, to bring peace to your mind, to bring peace to your thought life, that you might have an abundant thought life filled with all of the thoughts of God. Maybe it's memories that you know. So those memories keep coming back. The Lord, I'm sorry, the devil keeps tempting you He keeps accusing you of things. pray this morning for those who have mental health struggles, Lord, or they have mental ill health, Father, depression, anxiety, Father, whether that's embedded just in the mind, in the soul, in the emotions, in the will, why don't you come forward? Any mental health struggles that people are having, we want to pray over. We want to see the Holy Spirit do a deep work in you. First Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit knows all of the thoughts of God as our spirit knows all of our thoughts. And we have the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit who can come and bring healing 
to the trauma of your past. It's the Holy Spirit who can enter in and bring freedom and breakthrough over your mind. I invite you to come forward if you, maybe you're just struggling with ungodly, unholy desires. Desire to sin, desire to live in hiddenness, desire to hurt, desire to cause pain. Lord, we don't wanna have those desires in our heart. Lord, we don't wanna live daily asking for your strength, Lord. We wanna be set free from unholy desires in our heart, Lord. Father, we want you to create new desires in our heart. Lord, we wanna have desires for the greater things, Lord, even maybe for you this morning, you've lived in limitation in your desires. You've shut down the desires of God to live in limitation. Maybe words have been spoken over you that you'll never amount to anything and you've believed that lie. That you're finding it hard to receive the plans of God, the desires of God, because your desires have been crushed. I want to pray for your emotions this morning. Maybe for some of you where you're, you feel like you're not even connected to your emotions. Maybe as a child or maybe even as an adult, you were shamed for having emotions. You were told to shut down your emotions. Maybe where someone lied to you even about emotions being bad. Maybe it's been even your Christian journey where you feel like you've had to shut that down because it doesn't have a place. Or maybe for you, you feel like you just live in uncontrollable emotions. We wanna pray for you this morning. Why don't you come forward? We're just gonna invite Holy Spirit to minister into that place. That you might be free to express your heart, free to express your emotions, not to be controlled by them, but to encounter the Lord even through your emotions, to be able to love with expression. So we say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. We pray freedom and breakthrough over people's minds right now. Thank you for an anointing for healing, an anointing for breakthrough in Jesus' Name. We thank you for right-mindedness, Lord. Your promises that you have given us, power, love, and a sound mind. So I just declare sound-mindedness over people right now. Would you come, Lord? Would you release sound-mindedness, Lord? A sound mind in Jesus' Name. A healed mind in Jesus' Name. We thank You, Holy Spirit, even just for transformation in the brain, Lord. Chemicals coming into right order in Jesus' Name. Lord, that would You cause chemical imbalance to come into balance right now in Jesus' Name. If you're not up the front, can I encourage you to be praying for these people, just to be interceding for them, to be blessing them. 
where ungodly desires have embedded themselves in people's souls, Lord. We just command freedom from defilement, Lord. We bind that spirit of defilement right now in Jesus' Name and we command You to go. Every defiling spirit go in Jesus' Name. Every defiling spirit go in Jesus' Name. We bind You, we command You to go in the authority of Christ. You're bringing people out of hiddenness, Lord. No more darkness. Let your light come, Holy Spirit. Let your light come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you help people to repent for believing the lies that emotions are bad? Would you reconnect people to their hearts right now, Lord? Loose their emotions, Lord. Bring freedom to that space. Pray and minister, let Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. If, if you're a parent with, with young ones and you, you need to go and look after them, we totally understand. Just be released. Uh, we would love for you to stay and continue to pray and to see. Um, but if you're, if you're feeling like you want to head out, you can head out to the foyer, grab some morning tea, connect with some people. We're just going to keep letting Holy Spirit do what He wants to do.
Who shall we say? 